At Wildwood Community Church, we are for following Jesus together to the glory of God. We're for the church, for the community, for the nations, and for the next generation. To contact us or for more information, see our website at wildwoodchurch.org. This morning, we are going to be talking about baptism. And, you know, when we think about what baptism is, Christian baptism, it's a gift that Jesus has given to the church. It's a gift that that gives us an opportunity to celebrate when people begin to follow Christ. You know, in, in Matthew chapter 28, Jesus gives the Great Commission. And when Jesus gives the Great Commission, he says, we are to go into all the world making disciples of all nations. And then he says, baptizing them. In other words, we are to go and to invite all to follow Christ. And when people begin to follow him, the next step is for them to be baptized. And baptism is this wonderful gift that celebrates people beginning to follow Christ. Baptism is not something that creates a follower of Christ. But baptism is the celebration of the relationship with God that began at the moment of belief. Now, when we see baptism in a Sunday like this where we have 24 people who are being baptized, we're reminded that each of us needs to come to a point of decision. For some of us, that's a point that happened in our past. For others of us, it's something we may still be considering today. But that decision is this. Who do we say Jesus is, and how do we respond to him? This morning, what I want us to do is I want us to think about the response that these 24 are making, and then have each of us consider the response that Christ would have us to make as well. And we're going to do so by looking at just a single verse in John chapter 8 in verse 12. So if you've got a Bible, you might take it and turn to John chapter 8. I'm going to read this verse for us, and then after that, I'm going to back up and ask a couple of questions connected to this for us to consider. John chapter 8, verse 12 says this. Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, connected to this verse, I want to ask us two questions about the response to Christ that each of us must do. The first question I want to ask is this. Who do you say Jesus is? Who do you say Jesus is? Now, if that question sounds familiar, it's because Jesus himself asked that question of his disciples. There was a moment in Jesus' ministry in Matthew chapter 16 where he takes his disciples on a field trip up to Caesarea Philippi. And when he has them in Caesarea Philippi, Jesus asks them a question. Who do the crowds say that I am? We might think of it in, in our day. Who, who do other Americans say that Jesus is? Jesus asked the disciples, who, who do the people say that I am? And, of course, they respond and say, well, they think that you're a prophet. They think that you're one of these old prophets of the past, either in their, in, in their, in their likeness or one of them actually come back from the dead. They think that you're one of them because you seem to act like a prophet. If we were to ask people in our day, 
Who, who do you say Jesus, who do Americans say that Jesus is? Some people might say he was a religious leader. They might say that he's a good teacher. They might even say that he was someone who had great love and compassion for others, or he was someone who performed a number of miracles. See, the crowds in all days have some sense, some idea, some reaction to who Jesus is. But Jesus didn't allow his disciples to, to just live with the consensus, the majority. Jesus then changes the question, and he says, well, who do you say that I am? And friends, I think that's a question that he would ask to each and every one of us here today. Who do you say that Jesus is? Well, as is often the case in the Gospels, who is it that speaks up? It's Peter, right? Peter speaks up, and Peter says, Jesus, you are the Christ, the Messiah, the promised one of God, the Son of God. That's who you are. And Jesus said, Simon Peter, you have answered correctly. Now, what's interesting is Peter's answer was based on Peter's experience with Jesus. It was based on what Jesus had revealed to him about himself through the miracles that he worked and the messages he taught And it was something that God took all of that information and pulled back the veil so that Peter could take all of that information and make a correct assessment of who Jesus actually was. That's why Jesus said, Simon, you didn't figure this out on your own, but God has revealed it to you. Now, this understanding that Peter came to is not something that is unique to Peter, but it's actually an understanding that is consistent with all followers of Christ throughout time, including the 24 who are being baptized today. Peter's understanding of Jesus can be our understanding of Jesus. And that's because God has preserved for us the record of Jesus' life in the Scripture so that we might also see Jesus and experience him. John in his gospel in John chapter 20, verse 31 says, I've written all these things down so that you might believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that by believing you may have life in his name. So we can look to the scripture and see who Jesus is so that we might also allow God to pull the veil back that we might also see and declare that he is God as well. Now, John in his gospel does more than just say, I hope you get it. John builds an argument for the deity of Jesus. And he does so by mentioning seven different signs, miraculous signs that Jesus did, and seven different sayings, seven different things that Jesus said, where he said, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the gate. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus, a number of times, said these I am statements. That was significant because I am was God's name in the Old Testament. When God spoke from the burning bush to Moses, Moses said, who should I say you are? And God said, tell them the I am sent you. So when Jesus speaks and calls himself I am blank, what he was doing was he was revealing himself as God. Now, one of those seven I am statements that Jesus makes We just read in John chapter 8, verse 12, when Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Now, in order for us to really understand the significance of what Jesus said, we need to orient ourselves to this passage. 
The first thing we need to do is we need to orient ourselves to the time when Jesus made this statement. What was the setting? What was the time? Well, the time that Jesus made this statement was during the Feast of the Tabernacles, or you might have heard it, the Feast of the Booths. It was a a, a Jewish religious celebration that remembered God leading them through their time in the wilderness, God providing for them bread from heaven through the manna, God providing for them water to drink in the desert as water sprung forth from a rock, God leading them with a cloud by day and a fire by night. These events that are recorded in Exodus and the book of Numbers are celebrated by Jewish people at the Feast of Tabernacles or the Feast of Booths. And John chapter 7 verse 2 tells us that these events that take place in John 7 and 8 happened during the Feast of the Tabernacles. So that's the time. That's the setting. The second thing we need to think about is the place. During the Feast of Tabernacles, where did this conversation happen? Well, it happened in Jerusalem. We see that in chapter 7, where Jesus travels from Galilee, where the majority of his ministry took place, down to Jerusalem. But it wasn't just in general that Jesus was in Jerusalem, but we see the setting is actually up on the Temple Mount area. Rather than just some place in the city, it was in the place of religious worship. Now, not only at the Feast of the Tabernacles was Jesus in Jerusalem on the Temple Mount as he's having this conversation, but specifically, he was on a very important location on the Temple Mount because the Temple Mount was a very large place. So where was he when he had this conversation? Well, Jesus was actually in the area of the treasury. Now, we know that because of what we see in John chapter 8 and verse 20. So Jesus is in Jerusalem on the Temple Mount, in the treasury on the Temple Mount, at the Feast of Tabernacles. Does that, does that make sense? Everybody, everybody tracking with me on that? It was from that place and in that setting that Jesus makes this statement, I am the light of the world. Now, the reason why that's so significant is what would happen in that location at the Feast of Tabernacles. In that location, there were four large cauldrons. And these large cauldrons would be lit up on fire. I mean, imagine like the Olympic torch, right? It's the closest thing we could think of. There were four big Olympic torches in the treasury area of the temple. And they would be lit only during the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, given that and given the history, what do you think they represented? They represented when God would lead his people in the time of the Exodus by giving them a fire at night. Now, they would remember God's presence and God's leading by lighting these cauldrons. It was the light of Israel. And Jesus, throughout this section, is reminding them of something really amazing. Before he even says, I am the light of the world, Jesus in John chapter 6 had said that I am the bread of life. Just as God gave manna from heaven in the time of the wilderness wanderings, Jesus said, so also I give to you my life. And then in John chapter 7, he says, if you're connected to me, springs of living water will spring up out of you. 
just as water sprung out of the rock in the wilderness during the time of the wandering, Jesus said, so also I can bring life to you as well. And then here he stands amidst the cauldrons and says, friends, I am the true light, not only of Israel, but also of the world. What was Jesus getting at? Well, in all of these instances, what Jesus was saying is he was saying, I am God himself. I am the God who provided for you in the wilderness food to eat and water to drink. I am the God who led you in the wilderness through the fire at night. I am the God whose glory came and filled the temple in the days of Solomon. And Jesus says, I am God who is here with you in your presence. And he wants them to know he is not just the God of Israel, but he says, I am the light, the God of the entire world. Friends, Jesus did not mince words And those who understood what he was saying, including religious people in his day, understood it as well. And their reaction showed that they understood what he was saying. Because the Pharisees, when he said that, immediately began to find a way to try to kill him. Because they did not like that Jesus was saying that he was God. But in fact, Jesus was God. And he was revealing himself as that. Now, I I say all of that today just to, to, to lay some context around what is happening here at baptism. Those who are being baptized today are, are saying, in answer to the question, who do they say Jesus is? They are saying, Jesus is my God. He is the one, the light, the one who gives me life. And they are connecting their lives with him and showing all of us of their connection with him forever. They are answering the question, Who do they say Jesus is? They say that Jesus is God. And so let me ask the question for the rest of us. Who do you say that Jesus is? Do you think that Jesus is just another religious teacher? Just a a famous person from history, someone who's done some good things? Or do you as well see and understand that Jesus is God himself? That's who he claimed to be. Who do you say? That he is. Well, the second question I want to ask us is this. In light of who Jesus is, he is the light, in light of who he is, how will you respond? How will you respond? Well, in, in verse 12, Jesus talks about the response. When people understand and identify him as God, how should they, how should we respond? Well, the response that he mentions is that they will follow him. They will follow him. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me. Now, this, is, this should not shock us. This is actually the most common command that Jesus gives, especially connected and related to his identity. Jesus, over, over 76 times in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, just in those four books alone, over 76 times does he invite people to follow him. It's the most common command that Jesus gives. And why would he give the command to follow him? Well, I think it's because following implies a lot of things. Following implies belief. We we were following because we believe that he is someone who should be followed. It involves trust. 
I understand that he's going to to lead me to the places where I want and need to go, that he knows better than me. And it involves obedience. I'm not going to go in my own direction, but I'm going to turn and go in his. See, this is why follow is such an, an amazing statement and why Jesus uses it, I believe, so frequently. And so the response of those who correctly understand who Christ is is that we are called to follow him. Now he goes on and says, whoever follows me, he says, will not walk in darkness. Will not walk in darkness. Now, what was Jesus really saying when he says that? You know, at first glance, we read that and we say, well, he's, he's saying that he will light up the way for us, that, that we'll, we'll understand uh, right from wrong, that we'll understand which direction we should go, that we'll be able to make sense of life a little better. And, and you know what? All of those things are, are probably true. But what was the, the, the big picture of the light that sat on top of the Temple Mount? that they were remembering at the Feast of the Tabernacles. It was God's presence that the light symbolized. So what Jesus is saying is, he's saying, if you follow me, guess what? You will not move away from the light, but you will stay with me and I with you. I love this picture. Not only does it give us the direction on where we're to go, but it lets us know that as we go there, we do not go there alone. Friends, as you are are here today, this world might seem a little overwhelming or a little scary because there are things beyond our control. There are are people who who we don't like what they want to do or how they're doing it around us. There are circumstances that are beating us down. There are some difficult things that we experience in our past, in our present, or things that we anticipate in the future. But what Jesus is saying is, he says, if you follow me, you will never, ever be alone. Jesus will even make the statement later on in the New Testament where he says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. If we follow Christ, he will abide with us and us with him. Each of those who are being baptized today are not having a moment with God here, and then they're on their own for the rest of their lives. But each who are being baptized here are proclaiming to all of us their connection with Christ. But then they're also saying, and I will be with him forever. In this life and even into eternity in eternal life in heaven. And so Jesus says, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. If you want to have the abiding presence of God with you, then respond to Christ in faith, in trust, in obedience, and follow him. And he goes on and says, we will not walk in darkness, but we will have the light of life. Light leads to life, doesn't it? Without light, you can't have photosynthesis. You can't have plants that grow. We, we need light to survive. Jesus is saying that if we are with him, not only will he be with us, not only will he light our way, but he is able to be the light that gives us life. 
Jesus did not come to take our life, but to lead us into true life. Each who are being baptized here today are not walking away from a better life. They're walking toward the life that they were created for. And as we are are here today and we are gathered around, friends, how would we answer the question, in light of who Jesus is, how are we responding? Are we responding by following him or are we responding by just continuing on our own way? I love baptism Sundays because they remind us that a line truly is drawn. Are we with Christ? Do we recognize who he is and are we following him in faith? Or are we going to merely go our own way? On our own way, we are apart from God, separated, alone, and the scripture would say in darkness. But with him, we have light and that light leads us to the life that we were created for. Will you trust in Christ? Will you follow him in faith? The passage invites us to do so.